into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football programs. I am your host, A.J. Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Week one of the college slate of football games is in the books. Quite a wild ride, honestly, from start to finish, um, the whole entire Labor Day weekend. So many games, so many different games. On one end of the spectrum, you got... Iowa going up a one double going up against a one double A team in South Dakota State. Score ends up seven to three. Zero touchdowns were scored in that game. We had two field goals, two safeties. You flip that over, you think about the Appalachian State North Carolina game, and you've got good lord over fifty points of offense in one quarter. So um, just an incredible, incredible way to kick off week one of the college. Football slate, um, loved every second of it. Just could not stop watching. Was on the edge of my seat. Didn't matter what game. Um, was a great time, and I'm excited to be back with Sam. So with that being said, let's bring Sam in. And Sam, I wanted to kick off the conversation with you and just kind of see where your head was and kind of get your t- your thoughts about what transpired over the weekend on a national landscape, as well as potentially some of the teams in the SEC that Kentucky may face this season on their schedule and potentially down the road. So I'll open it up to you, my friend. Yeah, for sure. Good to be back with you, man. Uh, <laughs> you definitely opened it up perfectly. I mean, we got everything we wanted out of this first weekend of college football, in my opinion. I mean, you had um, some incredible games across that Saturday slate. Um, you know, some not so interesting ones in the Iowa game, obviously, but still, I mean, just a, a lot of fun. Great to see just college football being back. Um, you know, I, what really stood out to me was just some of these environments right off the bat. I mean, a, a team that will face, you know, not too far off in the distance, but that Gainesville crowd in the swamp was rocking and rolling it. And mind you, obviously they had a huge opponent come into town in Utah, but that place was cruising. Um, you know, you looked at George's crowd and they were just ready to roll. And obviously they, they stopped the living hell out of their week one opponent. And uh, that's, you know, some cause for concern considering, you know, I thought that might've been, a little closer game. I think everyone in the nation right now has got their uh, their ears perked up, their eyes locked in on Georgia as potentially that number one team in the nation. I think they answered a lot of questions, AJ, just from the offseason. You know, a lot of the verbiage was just around the question marks of their offense. Um, you know, last year, obviously, 
going to go down as one of the most prolific defenses we've seen in a long time. Yet the question marks, despite returning their star tight end and quarterback, you know, was surrounded around that offense. And I don't think any questions remain. They're going to be able to move that football. Uh, they really impressed me. Yeah. If I, if, if I could just chime in right there real quick before you move on, just uh, with Georgia, um, definitely, you know, question marks surrounding their offense potentially coming into the season. Uh, nobody's really ever seen Stetson Bennett as a premier quarterback in college football, but at the end of the day, he gets the job done and he knows what his mm-hmm. role is. Um, they lost so many guys to the NFL. I guess you would think it would take a little while for them to kind of click and get back to where they were last year. But the thing is, their defense looked just as dominant and offensively. I haven't seen Kirby Smart in Georgia ever throw the football right. around the around the field like that. I mean, I have never seen Stetson Bennett do it. I've never really seen Georgia play football like that before. I think they've added definitely a different element to their offense this year. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be scary. They, they are a damn good football team week one, and they're only going to get better. So They're um, only going to get better. Yep. yep. I mean, that, that is a uh, – that's an impressive football team. That's for sure. I, I – I'm glad uh, we've got some time to tune up before we have to face them. That's for sure. And I'm also glad that we're not going into their barn. Um, that's that's a win in my book just uh, for as far as maybe what that spread could have looked like down in their barn. But um, nevertheless, I think outside of the SEC, you know, obviously a lot of the national attention was on that Ohio State-Notre Dame game. I thought that um, that game did – exactly what everyone wanted um you know at least kept us engaged until the end and you know there's still that glimpse of hope for notre dame to make a play there but you know towards the end ohio state was able to put together a couple of stops and um good for them for getting that home opener when i think you know honestly what stood out in my opinion is ohio state's obviously in the conversation is one of the best teams in the nation and potentially a national championship contender, um, that offense just didn't exactly jump off the page at me. Um, you know, I, I expected a little more from CJ Strout. He didn't look fantastic. I think that could have been some week one jitters. Um, you know, you're going to see those. We maybe saw a few ourselves. Um, but, you know, I, I thought that was just my key ta- takeaway. I think that's a team that's going to, don't get me wrong, be in contention. But, um you know, they, they did show me one element of the fact that they can win a football game in more of a grinded out way. And obviously we've seen them lose heartbreakers to Michigan and stuff like that in years past where they couldn't evolve themselves throughout a game. Um, I thought that was honestly Ryan Day's maybe highlight of week one was just the fact that he was able to evolve his offense. I know it didn't look great, but they still got the job done. So good for them. Yeah. Um yeah, I would say my biggest takeaway from that game really for me was Ohio State's defense. Um, last year, that's why they lost the two games they lost against Michigan and against Oregon. They couldn't they couldn't stop me and you out there last year. Their defense was yep. no good. They got torn apart. And uh, with Jim Knowles being their defensive coordinator, 
runs a very complex system. So it takes a, a while for guys to really understand what's being asked of them. And I think you saw a lot of that on display in week one, um, just much more buttoned up, a lot more communication on the defense, guys knowing where they needed to be. And they really, uh, not saying Notre Dame has a high flying offense by any means, but at the same time, they stifled them. They held them in check the entire game. And um, not every week your offense is going to be firing, and I'm, there'll be weeks where that that Ohio State offense completely lights it up. Um, had a few injuries out there, so you know they did the best they could. I just um, from a, a, a you know I'm not an Ohio State fan by any means, trust me, but being objective about them, I was impressed with the way their defense played in a week one game of that magnitude. Um, knowing how they were last year, that was a huge step in the right directions for them. Um, and being able to come out with a victory uh, kind of sets the tone for their season, puts them in the right direction. So, Yeah, totally. I mean, I think those are my, my key takeaways. I'm just so glad college football is back. I mean, it was a, a hell of a first weekend, um, great way to spend – the Labor Day and you know I'm ready to rock and roll for week two yeah um, I thought the SEC looked very good um, all the teams um, and you know I know not everyone played extremely tough competition but everyone did what they needed to do um, Arkansas won a, a ranked game against the Cincinnati team granted Cincinnati lost a lot from their um, team from last season but um yeah, Arkansas, they they win the game. Um, Tennessee looked good. Alabama, obviously. Obviously. Just absolutely rolled 55 nothing or whatever it was. Um, yep. Florida, impressive win against Utah. That game could have gone either way. I mean, Utah drives all the way down the field at the end of the game. Florida comes up with a play. Um, yep. Last year, I don't think they make that play. So I think that's a testament to Billy Napier and the coaching and just kind of the culture shift that's happening there. Um, so, you know, that was a positive for them to be able to win a game like that against a, a quality opponent. Um, would have been interesting to see that game played on a neutral field um, instead of down in Gainesville. That's a tough place for Utah to travel um, week one of the season. So great yeah, football I mean, game. Saw- yeah, you, you, you saw guys on the sidelines, you know, throwing up from heat yeah. exhaustion. And I mean, it, it's week one. I mean, it, it's tough to walk in there and be, you know, midseason conditioned. So um, you're, you're totally right. I think that home field advantage played a massive and critical role in them, you know, securing that W. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, quite an interesting week. Um, it's always crazy. There's so much hope and optimism for every team going into week one and then uh, things violently shift let's just say <laughs> for some people after that that opening week and for some people the the hope and the dream stays alive and for some people um now now it's really on because they got a good football team so it's it'll be interesting to watch all across the country um not just in the sec some some really good football being played some really not good football being played um to be honest with you as well a lot of miscue <laughs> i i Oh my gosh, I literally cannot get over LSU. Two muff punts, a missed field goal, and a a blocked extra point. And the fact that Brian Kelly doesn't choose to go for two there after just driving 99 yards down the field after getting a miracle fumble to be even in the game. It's just, you can't even make it up, man. You can't make it up. That's why it's just, 
you never know what's going to happen, and that's why we're all hanging on the edge of our seat. <laughs> that is, there is just so much truth in that statement. <laughs> well, um, glad we got, kind of got to talk about what was going on in week one in the college football world. Um, we'll always try to touch on what's going on and uh, kind of cover a few of the, the big games and notable teams and, and different things of that nature. So um, with that being said, let's transition into what we all came here to listen for. And that is the breakdown of our week one game against Miami of Ohio. And Sam, um, me and you have not discussed the game at all. Um, we just wanted this to be our first time. Obviously, we both watched the game. Um, I rewatched the game and have taken down a lot of notes, just things that I've observed and whatnot. So what I'd like to do is open the floor for you, and um, I will just kind of ask you a very simple question and then let you run with it. So, and I texted you this last night in full transparency, because I just kind of wanted your answer to this. And I said, take your fandom out of it, complete objectivity. How did you feel about the game on Saturday? And so I will pose that question to you again for the listeners. How did you feel about the game on Saturday? Average. I mean, it, that's that's exactly what I texted AJ back when he asked that same question to me. Um, there's complexity to that answer. There is. There's a lot to unfold with you today, and I'm glad that we saved this conversation for now. Um, it was... It was great to some degree. It was poor in another. Um, I've got a lot of key takeaways. I'm sure so does Mark Stoops and the rest of the staff. Um, I don't think in my initial response, AJ, there's any initial concern. I'm I'm okay. Like I've, I've rewatched the game start to finish. I've caught all the highlights. I, I think... It, as best as I can, it was average. Um, is that an area of concern? Maybe we can we can dive into that. It's week one. We are playing a potential MAC champion in Miami of Ohio. I mean, they've got a great starting and returning quarterback. Um, you know, the spread was at fifteen. AJ. It was there for a reason. We covered easily. We won by 24 points to get a, a good opponent. Week one, obviously, we've had a lot of hype leading up to this game um, this season. Don't get me wrong. We'll dive into some of the concerns that jumped off the page. Um, but I, I think there's fixes for Mark Stoops and his coaching staff pretty easily. Um, I mean, he, he's a smarter guy than I am. That's for sure. I, I It's not like any of those concerns are probably lost on him or his staff. So hopefully that will be um, easily addressed throughout the week as we prep for a huge game down in Gainesville. So um, I think that's just the initial raw reaction that I wanted to say for you. How about, how about yourself, man? Okay. So the only way that I really know how to tackle this and to go about it is um, it's, it's too much for me all at once. So the way I like to do things is I'll, I'll go offense and, and then I'll go defense. And 
where I start with the offense and the most important part of our offense and any offense in my in my estimation is your quarterback and your offensive line. So I'll start with our offensive line. Obviously, starting a lot of young players on Saturday, um, guys maybe not at their 100% natural position. Um, so a lot of moving parts up there. Um, but I was very disappointed in what I saw as far as the offensive line. Um, a complete lack of a running game, which is something I haven't seen from a Kentucky football team in God knows how long. Um, granted, um, Jatan McLean and Ramon Jefferson got hurt during the game, yep. which is not a good thing because now they're both going to be out for an extended period of time. Um, so that's going to push Lavelle Wright up from our fourth string up into our second string as far as the next game would go if Chris Rodriguez is still unable to play. So that leaves you with Cavassier, Smoke, and Wright as your two running backs going into a hostile environment and a must-win game. So I don't absolutely love the depth at running back coming out of a game against Miami of Ohio where you lose two guys who had at least five carries in the game. So that I'm not completely thrilled about um if you have been paying attention to what mark stoops has been talking about um early on in the week sounds like they're going to make some moves on the offensive line kind of shuffle some things around um going into saturday so we can touch more on that later in the week when we um, preview the florida game and go more in depth on that um but yeah a lot of pressure on will levis four sacks just entirely too many against a miami of ohio team you're going to face a lot better front sevens yep. you're going to face one next weekend so um you're going to let up four sacks against miami of ohio that's that's something that's not trending in the right direction even though i know it's only one week um so that was a um area of concern for me i just you know, you, you listen to Mark Stoops and he talks about it being more of a communication thing, not a talent thing, where it's like, hey, these guys aren't getting beat because they're too slow and they can't stay in front of anybody. It's more of a still learning the concepts of the offensive line and where what they're being asked to do and working together as a unit to protect for Will Levis and, and whoever's in the backfield as well. Um, so that we'll, we'll have to monitor that as the season goes along. Yeah. Um, 100%. I, I think, AJ, quick, quick note on that, because that's exactly where I wanted to start on offense, was our offensive line. I thought the most concerning piece of what you just unfolded for our listeners is the communication. When you go into a team like Florida down in Gainesville, and we don't even have to, like we said, AJ, we'll, we'll – We'll dive into that later this week. But any opponent in the SEC on the road, your communication at the line, I mean, that's in the trenches. That's when and where you win and lose games in the SEC. Everyone knows the SEC is won and lost in those trenches. That's what separates us from the wheat from the chaff, if you will. And I think that's what jumped off the page at me, AJ, was just, um, you know, if it's going to be a communication issue, that's got to be addressed like no manana because we don't have time to figure that out. Um, don't get me wrong. Developing raw potential as the, you know, other side of the egg would be probably worse, but this is no time to 
not have our communication down. Um, you know, I will give credit where credit's due. Miami of Ohio threw a lot of different packages at us. They ran a lot of um, twists and stints that uh, probably a lot of these guys, especially with how new they are to their position, it tricked them. And, um, you know, you saw Miami of Ohio have their exact game plan on defense efficiently work to stop the run game. Um, that's obviously which is your next um, talking point where we did get to see a lot of Will Levis. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't protected and he took four sacks. I don't think, honestly, AJ, I, going back and I watched all of them, I don't think I can blame him for any of them. Um, you know, it's not like he was holding on to the ball too long or not processing right. Um, I'm happy with his performance there, just not so happy with the offensive line. But to open it up to you, I mean, that, that's where we really did get to see a lot more of Will Levis than honestly I was expecting with obviously over 300 passing yards and only 50 yards on the ground. Yeah, and if you if you listen to him after the game, he'd be the first to tell you, he said, I've never felt so poor after having a 300-yard, four-touchdown game. So um, just kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. He understands um, – there's a very high expectation on him and he, he has set very high expectations for himself. So he wants to live up to that. I, I honestly thought he played pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. Going through his game last year and spending a lot of time this summer, just rewatching him play and kind of breaking down some of the numbers. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of his game to me comes down to when he's protected he's an elite college quarterback and that's what the pro, the pros are seeing in him and they see the the body and the arm strength and all of that um where where he where he starts to get himself into trouble a little bit is it's um when the pressure mounts in the game and I'm not talking about the stakes of the game I'm talking about when the defense is is forcing pressure on on our offense and he doesn't have as much time to throw and he is pressured or whatever you want to call it um his completion percentage goes down doesn't run extremely well as far as like getting away in the pocket and being super athletic to extend plays he did it he did it a lot he did it better last year he didn't do much of it so we'll see as that transpires over the course of the season um but he just became a lesser quarterback in my eyes when he's faced with pressure and that's not a that's a very normal thing to happen for quarterbacks, but to be a great quarterback and to be an elite quarterback, you have to stand in the face of that pressure and still be able to make mm -hmm. throws and your completion percentage can't dip and your interception rate can't go up and your uncatchable ball rate can't go up and all the different metrics that people use to um, kind of hammer these things down and see which quarterbacks are still being able to be accurate when faced with pressure. And so um, that was one thing, the, the interception, you know, okay, it's not the end of the world. Um, but overall, I thought he played pretty well. Um, just, again, it's still some of the, a little bit of the accuracy things, maybe holding on to the ball just a little bit too long. Um, and then just kind of like still being able to figure out how to get rid of that ball. And, you know, obviously, like you said, you can't avoid every sack, um, but still being aware like, hey, my offensive line may not be as stout as I'm used to. So how am I going to have that? little mental clock in my head to be able to slip away from some of these and kind of help out our offense in, in ways. But overall, I thought he played well. He incorporated everybody in the offense. He really moved the ball around. He wasn't stuck on one read, just, oh, if this guy's not open, I don't have anywhere to go. So a lot of good things that he did out there. 
Um, like I said, he got Dane Key involved. He got Tavion Robinson involved. Um, and he got Barry and Brown involved. Obviously, Barry and had the kickoff return, which was his most electric play. Not an offensive play, but he was still a part of the offense out there catching balls. Um, so that was really positive to see. I thought Travion Robinson really, um, he kind of, you know, he stuck out to me. Just the down-to-down, that kind of Wandale Robinson role where it's like you need a pass, somebody needs to get open, let's convert this third down. And boom, he made those throws. Um, so that was a really positive thing to see from Will Levis. Um in the entire offense. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think Will's game was solid. Um, I think he missed a few passes and he was the first to admit it. He wasn't happy with his overall performance. And I would kind of agree, um, for a week one, I think I would have loved to see our offense, especially at the line impose our will. And we did not do that. Um, That's what really disappointed me and what jumped off the page. I think Will did settle into the game. Um, You know, that first drive was perfect. I know that's a scripted first drive, um, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. Just like they went down on the field on us, we did the exact same and answered. But I do think that second half, um, Will really settled in. And like you were saying, A.J., even under pressure, I mean, he made some difficult throws on third downs as he was getting hit with completions. That's what stuck out to me. Exactly what you're saying. I kind of had that preconceived notion like, Oh shoot, AJ, you know, they're already getting to our quarterback and I don't know how Will's going to do under this pressure. I thought he did great. All things considered. That's what's going to stick out to me from leaving this game behind, not the 300 yards or how many touchdowns he threw for just his processing. I thought he did a, a very fine job there. Obviously, he was late on the break on that, um, you know, fourth and goal, and he threw that interception. You know, it's just as bad as an incompletion there. I mean, it's not like he took it to the house. However, you know, a a late break like that on the goal line, sometimes you're going to see those go for 100-yard returns, and that's what was really dangerous there with that pass. Um, But that's okay. I think the next thing that you were saying, AJ, of getting everyone involved, that's really one of the key takeaways from this week, in my opinion. I mean, we had a lot of true freshmen slash newcomers get involved with obviously, like you said, Davion Robinson having a hell of a night. Um, You know, it just felt like he was running extremely great routes. He, He knew where to find those gaps and Will Levis could find him all night long. You know, when he needed to find someone, he was going to look for Tavion, and oftentimes he was open throughout the night. I mean, obviously, we saw what he was able to do, and that was extremely impressive. Um, Barry and Brown did get involved in the offense, and I loved just um, kind of that big play mentality that he's going to bring to our program, and that's really exciting. I mean, uh, uh, there was one moment that I really wanted to digest with you, AJ, but it was late in the third quarter, around the, the nine-minute mark. Um we ran a play action and Lavelle Wright was in. So I'm extremely excited that it was him. Once I looked back, I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause he, obviously he's moving up to that number two spot now um, with all these injuries that we're experiencing. But Le'Veon Wright laid an absolute lick on the lead linebacker that came straight through and gave Will Levis just enough time to slide over in the pocket. And he hit, Barry and Brown for like that 30 yard gain. 
Um, it was a third down. It was a third and one. And we obviously went pretty ballsy with that play action call. But that's the type of stuff that I absolutely love to see. Obviously, having Lavelle Wright going forward is going to be critical. I mean, if we're down to two backs, he's going to have to be the back that's a little more physical because we know Cavassier Smoke's not quite that back. So, um, you know, moving forward, that was actually a, a really exciting play that stood out to me. That's going to be kind of something that I'm sure Mark, staff, or Mark and his staff is going to have to kind of rely on Lavelle Wright to be able to do for us. Um, but aside from that, with the offense, like you were kind of say, I, I just love the involvement, love our wide receiver core. Um, you know, obviously we didn't quite involve the tight ends as much as we were maybe hyping up this offseason, it sounded like Mark Stoops really had um, this new look offense with a lot of the the core of that tight ends that we have. I was excited to see a tight end touchdown, obviously, and a couple more targets in the red zone. Um, so that's something we can build off of. The biggest thing that we got to remind ourselves, HA, is that was a stale saltine cracker offense that we went out there with. I mean, it's not like Rich Fangarello was going to give us open reins to call whatever we want and let Will Levis just be on total display. I mean, when we were on that fourth and goal, AJ, and we threw that pick, you don't think moving forward that Rich Fangarello is smart enough to maybe roll on something with Will Levis where he's in an able position to not only run, but to make a play. I mean, he kept him slightly in the pocket and had a quick break. I mean, we have to take all of that into consideration from this week with a slight grain of salt because he will open up the playbook and he's about to do it against a very capable Florida team down in Gainesville. Obviously they're going to be the number 12 team in the nation. Now Um, it's not like he's going to necessarily hold back. That's a huge game for us. Yeah, absolutely. I love love what you're talking about. Um, Definitely some positives to take away um, from the game. um, As far as the offense is concerned, I guess the last thing that I just wanted to touch on and, and I totally understand what you're saying about, you know, you're not going to show everything and put it all on tape out there for your other opponents. And you can definitely get away with running some more basic things and, and still being able to come out with a victory. So I, I totally get that. Um, so uh, the, the one thing that I like to look for as far as offenses go um, in college football and even in the NFL level as well, um, a lot of how I see offenses being successful is how an offense can do on first down. Um, all offenses, what they're trying to do on first down and second down and third down, um, but first and second you're trying to just chip away at the yard so that when you get to that third down, you're in a position in which you can run or pass, or you want almost every play to be able to be run or pass so that the defense doesn't understand what you're doing and they have to try to figure out what it is that you're going to do. Um, so having success on that first down is, is really key to be able to continually move the offense. Because if, if you think about it, if you're, consi- if you're consistently in third and long, um, even if you're converting those, um, I'll give you the Los Angeles Chargers. Last year, I was following them, and the amount of third and longs that Justin Herbert was converting was just out of control. And in my mind, I'm like, there's just no way that this is sustainable. It's just absolutely not. And then you see at the end of the season, there's a couple games they need to win, and they can't get it done, and it, it tightens up. So just, just – something to think about um i thought that we did a really good job on first down um 
we had a lot of success on first down, honestly. Um, it was second and third down that really just was quite strange to me. Um, but that I think a lot of that has to go back to the run game. Um, we did a really good job in the pass game. Um, and a lot of what our offense likes to do, and I will say a lot of what really benefits Will Levis's game is the play action. Um, when mm-hmm. he is out in play action, he is one of, if not the most lethal quarterback in college football right now. And that's, you can go look at any metric or statistics that you want. When he is in the play action, he's deadly. I'm um, pretty sure, AJ, he was the number one most efficient quarterback in play action last year. So, you yeah, know, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it, so, um, you know, we need that aspect of our game. And so if you're, if you're consistently doing well on first down and then you're not on second and you're backing yourself up or then not gaining more yards you're just continuing to put your office offense in a deficit um and like i said we couldn't really run the ball on on saturday and so that was something that was a little bit of an area of concern as i've already touched on um but so it, it was it, it's almost a two-parter there it's a little bit weird where it's like we did well on first down which is what i love to see um yet we still struggled on second and third down um so right. and you hope as the, as the playbook opens up and we get more continuity continuity geez i can't speak and all of those sorts of things that that will um kind of tighten up but uh that that was just i guess the last little thing um that i kind of wanted to touch on um just success rate of our our, our offense i thought could have been a lot better. Um, but what I will say is last little thing, um, explosives. Uh, I think explosive plays are absolutely, they just change the course of a game. Um, you can go and look a lot of, um, you know, I know not everyone is into all the analytics and all that sort of thing, but, um, you know, a lot of people will talk about what they call EPA and that's expected points added. And, you know, I don't have all the formulas, but I, you know, people who do and pay to be able to see that. So, um, just going through some of the numbers, um, you know, with the EPA explosive plays are, are just the odds of you being able to win a game, score more points than the other team when you're able to consistently connect on explosive plays. Um, it just goes through the roof. And so to see the hundred yard return for a touchdown and to see multiple 20 plus yard completions out there, um, even a couple explosive plays with short screens and being able to set it up to where our athletes got in space. So, um, like I said, very complex, a lot of moving parts on the offense, a lot of things that I saw that I didn't necessarily like, but there's area for improvement. And then there's other areas in which I saw that I really did like, so we'll keep monitoring all this stuff and we'll see how it goes throughout the course of the season. Um, we're not, this is not what is going to happen for the entire season. It's one game. We're just breaking it down the best way that we know how. I uh, just wanted to give you guys a little insight on to, you know, maybe give a little bit of a deeper um, understanding or um, of what transpired on Saturday more than just, hey, I yeah. watched the game and I saw the final score type thing. So, Yeah. So, AJ, before we move into defense, what is your overall grade? of the Kentucky Wildcats offense week one? Oh man. Offense. Um, I would give it a B. So yeah, I think now we can uh, transition to defense and I think there's a lot to unfold. Um, realistically, it comes down to three categories for me, AJ. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
and we had a bit of all of it uh, with Saturday's performance against Miami of Ohio. I think, um, I think the best thing is it's week one, and we've got some time to look at tape and really unfold what went right, what went wrong, obviously. Um, for me, the good came down to our secondary held strong. Um, I thought that was a key point of emphasis this offseason. We've talked about it a ton, AJ, and it held up to my standards. Um, you know, a couple of weird pass interference calls, um, one that I completely disagreed with, and so did the general public. But other than that, I thought um, – realistically like our performance in our secondary on key third down plays. I mean, I went back and I watched the tape. You probably saw the same thing that jumped out at me. I thought um, when the play mattered most, our secondary and our cornerbacks looked great. Um, Our linebackers, they looked great. They were the only ones getting home to the quarterback AJ. I mean, if it wasn't for them, um, you know, I, I think we give up maybe another touchdown or two. Uh, I, I think they held strong for us. That's the good. The third downs, the secondary, our linebackers. We forced a fumble, obviously. we got to be very grateful for that. Um, there was the goal line stand in the third quarter. You'd love to see that. I mean, you absolutely love to see that. Um, now the bat. I think it's not any secret. We talked about it earlier. We lost in the trenches, AJ, against an inferior opponent. That's in the Mac, in my opinion. And that was both offensively and defensively. Our defensive line was errant on Saturday. They were not disciplined in stopping the rushing lanes. The goal of a defensive line, if you're maybe not as involved in football, but it's to stop the rushing lanes and contain the quarterback. We did a poor job of both. And that's where you really saw them start opening up plays. I mean, they outrushed us to 111 yards to 50 and they did it for a reason because that offensive line was able to move us to where they created those holes for their rushing game. That's where you also saw their quarterback who's capable on the run, be able to get outside the pocket and extend plays. And, you know, when you're making your secondary defend for more than three to five seconds, AJ, that's no longer on the secondary. And that's where I was happy with them. They did their job. You can't, you can't lose the the line of scrimmage, and that's where we were losing, and that's what really was upsetting to me, um, especially against an inferior MAC opponent, not even an SEC opponent. Um, as we move on and we face more elite teams with better backs and better quarterbacks, that could be what really separates us from a win and a loss um, moving forward. So that that was kind of the the bad. And I think tied in with the ugly, because in my opinion, the ugly is there's no way in hell Kentucky Wildcats should ever get outrushed the way we just did. I mean, that's the, that's the ugliest fact, in, in my opinion. I mean, and I know that both comes down to offense and defense, but defensively, th- that needed to be an emphasis. And you can't let a team, you know, run for over 100 yards on you in your own barn. That's that's just me, though. Yeah, you know, um I'm I'm much more of an offensive guy myself, so uh, I'm not going to spend as much time breaking down the defense. Uh, I think you hit a lot of good points. Um, I will start with the good um, with my little breakdown here. But um, secondary, I thought um, 
I was impressed with the way that our secondary was last year. See some growth, see some new faces, see some guys flying around there, making tackles, making some plays. Um, that was a positive thing, I thought. Um, the first drive, I didn't love that. Um, granted, brand new defense, ton, ton of excitement in the air. You got a, a team coming in here who has an experienced quarterback. Obviously, they had a plan in place. We almost get off the field. Um, and then kind of let them extend the drive. We could have stopped that drive early, I think. Um, we had them in third and long, and they completed like a third and 15 or something on on that first drive, um, if I'm remembering correctly. But we could have gotten off the field. We didn't. They go down. They score. Um, I will say outside of that, um, you stop them from getting in the end zone. So that's a positive. I do like that. Um, their offense really kind of stopped having as much success outside of that first quarter. Um, so that was something good to see. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I can't get out of my head what I saw at the line of scrimmage. I really can't. Um, I I really thought we were going to be able to create more pressure on their quarterback. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't to the standard that I, um, would have liked to see and have come to expect with the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, Havoc rate, as far as the defensive line goes, just was was very below average, um, and you should be able to take advantage of a team like that. Um, something you touched on with being able to stay in the gaps, stay in the rushing lanes, stay in your lanes, contain the quarterback. Um, I'm not going to lie, just hearing you even talk about that, and I knew I was going to talk about it, um, it is making me very nervous um, because I watched the Florida offense and I saw what Anthony Richardson looked like. And if we can't contain uh, Blaine Gabbert's little brother, then trying to contain Anthony Richardson down in the swamp on Saturday is going to be it's near no impossible. So yeah. if if we can – I don't need to get into that game too much, but if we can't limit what he does with his legs, we are screwed. So yeah. that that was my area of concern, big time. Just thinking about the future, um, I think you know you got to win the game at the line of scrimmage. Your defensive line has to be able to to stand tall against these these big boys down in the SEC, and so um, those boys are going to need to come to play going yeah. forward. I don't know if it was a first game feeling things out. We don't want to get hurt or what. I I don't know what what was going on, Um, but I I would have loved to see a little bit more fight and a little bit more effort up there in the trenches. Um, But tomorrow or next week is a new week. We'll see how they respond. You know, the staff is not just going to, oh, we're all good. You know what I mean? They understand what's happening. They're they're going through all of this right now. They're making adjustments. They're trying to figure out what to do to be successful. So I'm interested to see what they do on Saturday, and we'll keep tabs on everything as the week goes by. And like I said, um, later this week we will be breaking down the Florida game, so we'll go a lot more okay. in-depth into that. Um, I know we've touched on it a few little times, but um, it's kind of hard not to think about it when it's the next game on the schedule, and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is going to be – on display on Saturday. So, um, yep. yeah, I mean, so we did it with the offense. We'll do it with the defense. I'll ask you, 
what would you give his letter grade for the defense on Saturday? You know, I actually didn't come up with my grade until I rewatched it. Um, because on one end, AJ, you gave up one touchdown and you got to be pretty happy about that. Um, on the other end, there was definitely those flashing concerns just uh, at what we were able to accomplish on that line. Um, I didn't like how we didn't get home to the quarterback. So my grade, um, week one defense was a B minus. Yeah, you're a little bit higher than me. I was kind of thinking about it as we were doing the the podcast, but um, I'd probably have to go with a C, C plus, you know, somewhere right in that range. Yep. Again, a few good things, some things I didn't like, areas of improvement. We're just going to have to monitor these things and continue to watch them as they unfold over the course of the season. Um, but yeah. I think our biggest takeaways are the line of scrimmage on both sides of yep. the football, offensive and defensive line, both of them. They need to improve. We have to see improvement week over week. It cannot be something where we're stagnant or we're like this all season or we get worse. has to get better every single week or we are not going to win as many football games as we want to this year. I can tell you that because we cannot lose that battle up front. But then outside of that, the whole new receiving core, a brand new secondary basically. You got some experience at linebacker. Um, some yep. experience at tight end. You lose a, a few running backs. Performed. So a lot of moving parts, but new guys, some of them played well. Some of them need to step up their game a little bit. So like I said, we'll continue to monitor and see how this this continues to go throughout the course of the season. I think, AJ, the last key takeaway I also had written down, well, two, I guess, twofold. How about this? First of which... Big Blue Nation, they showed up. I mean, sellout crowd, one of the most capacities we've had for a home opener in the last, I think, 10 years since we opened Kroger Field. Um, so it was it was great to see Big Blue Nation really bring that home field advantage for week one. We've got eight games at home, AJ. That's a key takeaway. Um, you know, th- that was a lesser opponent. It's not even an SEC matchup, and they we, they showed out. They were rocking and rolling. I had a few friends text me. They said when Barry and Brown took that to the house, AJ, that they that place was shaking, and you could tell. I mean, oh, just I could, from watching I, yeah, on TV. and I can only imagine that from being in that stadium before you just know. Kickoff yeah, return to the house. That place is lit. Just to open up the second half. Amen to that. Yeah. So really proud of. Good God, and we needed that. it. We needed a little spark there. That it. was huge, and uh, you know, well, we 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 had that two minute drive where we came away with points. I know we didn't get the touchdown, but that was a great drive. I yep. mean, they put together a good drive, got points, and then you know you open up a half with an electric play like that. I mean, from there on out, realistically, AJ Miami was never in the game. Yeah. Um, hey. That was a pivotal moment. Sam, you know you know how to do it, baby. The old Bill Belichick special, baby. Score before the half, score at the start of the second half. The game is over, baby. <laughs> yep. And I think that actually brings me to my last key takeaway, which was which was special teams. I mean, I know you know, when that also takes away from offense and maybe that's part of the reason Will Levis was being humble with his approach as to how he was digesting his own game because you know, a lot of it came from the turnover um, from forced by the defense and good field position. And obviously the other offense was Barron Brown's kickoff return. And then, um, you know, the other one was we had a great punt return from Tavion Robinson yep. and you know, yeah, absolutely. in the third quarter. And then yep. you got a blocked punt by JJ Weaver. Yep. So, I mean, that's four massive pivotal plays made by our special teams. So 
on one end, that's awesome. That's that's a key takeaway. That's great because if you're winning at special teams, you can win football games, and clearly that that was a reason. On the other end, you don't want your offense to rely on plays like that week in and week out. So key takeaway, but but to be honest. Yeah. I'm never going to complain about electric specialty. Oh, oh, no. And I mean, you saw it on full display this weekend. We talked about the LSU game with they had four special teams miscues in one game. And you saw special yep. teams miscues all over the country. So uh, to see our yep. team buttoned up and to have it down and to be able to see a couple explosives out of that. Yep. Um, you know. A lot of people just, you know, I know we break down the offense and defense and we're we're not going to spend a ton of time on special teams, but I'm glad you brought it up because I thought if you looked around the country, uh, special teams played a big role in week one. And just to see us buttoned up in that area and to excel in that area um, is a very positive sign. Um, Because if that's something that we can incorporate and be good at, consistently throughout the year and then be able to have some of those explosives. I know you're not going to get a kickoff for a touchdown. It might not even happen the rest of the season, but if you can continue to help set your team up with good field position and, and, you know, continue to get some of those turnovers and put yourself in short field. um, It is, it's huge. And um, you touched on JJ Weaver. I just wanted to say he played great on Saturday. I love the way that he plays he was flying around the field. I thought that he really kind of set the tone um, out there on the defense. And, uh, yeah, I just was very impressed with how he played. So I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. I was too. And I'm glad to see Matt Ruffalo added a few yards on his kicking. I mean, to step it back to 50, man, that was uh, that was impressive. He looked smooth. Um, you know, just one more add to special teams. So that's, that's going to be huge because that consistency. I mean, it, you know, if you got a kicker, that can you can trust and that you can hit from forty plus, that 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 adds a lot to your offense and to your two minute drill offense, especially like we saw at the end of the first half. So um, that's good news for the Kentucky Wildcats this year. Absolutely, Sam. Well, I think that's uh, that's about as as in depth as a, as we can go for one game. Um, quite a lot of time spent there breaking down the offense and defense of the Kentucky Wildcats against. Miami of Ohio last Saturday, but um, lots to digest from week one. And, and like we said, a, a lot of things that we're going to keep our eyes on and continue to be breaking down throughout the course of the season. Um, hope that can give all of our listeners a little bit of a more in-depth um, look at the game and kind of maybe see some things in a different bit of a, in a different way. And uh, hopefully there's still some optimism circling around and, uh, those parts of town down in Lexington because I know there are in this part of town that we live in. So um, we're still fired up. Can't wait to get back out on the field on Saturday. Um, But before we go, I did want to say, um, please follow the podcast, rate the podcast, write a review. It really helps us um, continue to share it with friends, family, anybody you know who wants to listen to college football talk, college basketball talk. Um, follow us on social media. You can follow our actual page for the podcast at AO Kentucky Pod. And then you can also follow me and Sam on Twitter at SamBrad66 and at AJ 
or no, what's my Twitter? At Andrew John Bradley. Good Lord. I almost gave you guys the wrong Twitter handle. That <laughs> just shows you how much I care about Twitter. But I do I do like Twitter. It's good for sports. So um, if you want to follow me there, please go um, find the Bird app on your phone. Give me a quick follow. And uh, before we get out of here, there is just one last order of business that I wanted to touch on with you, my friend. Um I could not help but notice the amount of Kentucky Wildcats fans who had taken over the Bird app earlier today, and it oh, all yeah. was surrounded around some new jerseys. Now, it has become very, very clear to me, and I didn't realize the actual hatred for the checkerboard uniforms until very recently like i didn't know it was that deep so um you know i honestly was like ah you know whatever but that yeah okay so time to go and brand new uniforms were put out today you saw the home ones so just wanted to get your quick thoughts and uh initial reaction to those they're fire they are so fire i mean i love the simplistic classic look that we brought back um a lot of the the simplistic looks that we used to carry around in the '90s, I'm I'm fired up with what they were able to to do with Nike with these jerseys. Um, makes me really excited to see that Kentucky blue. Um, but I'm really happy with the outcome. Glad to see the checkerboards go. I mean, we were cursed ever since we put those on us. Um, I think it's been adversely productive with the football team <laughs> but i think that more comes down to mark stoops but um but yeah i mean initial reaction those things look awesome i can't wait to see oscar rocking that uh that kentucky uniform all year long yeah i am uh i'm a simple man you know it's a great song by the way if you haven't heard it um but uh, yeah, I'm a simple guy, so I, I'm down. I, I like it. The, the stripes on the side, just kind of a classic look. I'm excited to see what the way uniforms are going to look like. Um, but yeah, just kind of, you know, nothing crazy, but uh, it's nice. It does the job and uh, kind of continue to get people excited about the basketball season. I know there's a lot of hype there around the Bahamas trip and everything. It's kind of calmed down a little bit. Football starting and everything, and you know, Calipari just couldn't sit back and and uh, not say anything, so he had to. Yeah, he had, he had, to, he had to steal some of the line. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Can't, <laughs> can't, you know, can't spotlight can't be off him for too long, so had to get that in. But no, seriously, I uh, I thought that was cool. Um, they had a little fun with it on on Twitter today and and uh, interacting with the fans and stuff, and yeah. that was funny to see Sheway like peeks around the corner, he's like one hour. <laughs> <laughs> No, so, uh, that was awesome to see. Yeah, uh, it, it was cool to see them have some fun with it. So I'm excited um, about that. It seemed like the players were were pretty happy about it and everything. So uh, yeah, well, good stuff. Let's wrap it up and we'll uh, we'll go watch the last episode of Hard Knocks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hard Knocks has been great. I've been loving it. I don't know how the Lions are going to do this season. I wouldn't imagine them winning more than six or seven games, but Dan Campbell is just much watch TV. That guy is too funny. And I heard Eminem is M&M's going to be at, at one of their practices for the Hard Knocks episode tonight. It's the last episode tonight. Yeah, yeah so. so he's going to be there. But, uh, yeah, sure, man. NFL week one kicking off week two of college football, baseball seasons winding down. And, uh, you know, we're just getting started, man. It is, it is going to be one hell 
of a fall and winter. We're going to be here for the whole thing, breaking it all down Kentucky style um, with, with a little mix of other college football and basketball in there. But uh, yes, sir. you know the deal. We bleed blue. So, Sam, until next time, my friend, have a good right, one. Thanks, y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.